Hey, everybody, welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Caizzi. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So you hear it all the time. All across the country, especially with with folks like us, with union workers, you hear buy American, right? Buy American, buy American, buy American. Everybody wants to buy American-made products. Um, That's the subject of today's episode. We're going to talk all about buy American, why it's good, maybe why it's bad. Um, We're going to talk both sides of the issue and just kind of explore it. Um, it, It's not as easy as it might seem. Um, It's not quite the, the simple concept that people think it is so we're going to check it all out we're going to talk all about it uh but first let's do a benefits bite all right so today we're talking about making changes to your benefits and your medical medical coverage um everybody's aware that we typically do this during open enrollment but there's some circumstances where you're allowed to do this throughout the year Um, that's when you have what's called a life-changing event or a qualified change of status so there's a few different scenarios that would happen in Uh, The first would be if you had like the birth of a child, Um, adoption falls under the same category. Obviously, you have a need for a new family member to be added to coverage. You're allowed to do that. Uh, Marriage, same thing. When you marry somebody, you can add them to your coverage or be added to their coverage if they have it. Um, A change in employment. So if someone you cover gets a job with coverage, they can now leave your plan. Someone uh, can cover the loss of a job for their spouse and add them to their plan if they lose coverage. Um, And then in cases of divorce, obviously, you can remove your spouse from your plan. Case of death, you can remove somebody as well. Um, Or if somebody loses their dependent status, so your child reaches the age of 26, they fall off your insurance. That's another uh, event that would cause you to change your insurance. It's important to remember that anytime you have a qualified change of status, you have to make the change within 30 days of the qualifying event. Um, If you fail to do that, you're gonna have to wait until open enrollment. So if you're going out and you're planning on having a child, uh, something that you can predict, it's important to kind of plan that step, make sure you don't miss that deadline. You don't wanna have like a newborn and all of a sudden you don't have coverage because you didn't bother to go sign up. And that's a really good point because I've seen it happen. I've actually seen the scenario that you just talked about. Someone had a baby, uh, forgot to add the the child to their coverage, and, and that child didn't have coverage, and the company dug their heels in. Please don't think that you can forget that 30-day deadline and just give John Santa Maria a call and have him fix it all up because it's not that easy. Yeah, and you can go online to make these changes. You could also call up the Benefit Center, um, which you can get the you know the phone number off our website off our app um you could call hr they could help you with it but it's important that you do something and the other point that i'd like to make especially for the birth of a new child a lot of people might wait because they don't have a social security number for the new child but you can still get moving and get that rolling without a social um so just make sure you call in and get that going yeah good and as always with benefit stuff if you have any questions um you know to jason's point call the benefit center, um, but give John Santa Maria a call if you have any problems with your benefits. His contact information is on our website at teamsters1150.org. Just click on members and then click on benefits assistance. You'll find all the stuff about John's office and John's phone numbers and John's email address. Just give him a, a call or a click and, um, and he'll help you as much as he can. All right, so let's move on and talk about our contract. Today we're going to talk about letter 20. Um, For those of you who don't know what Letter 20 is, Letter 20 is the letter that addresses subcontracting and transferring of work 
out of the bargaining unit. So this is this is really the only language that we have within our contract that addresses subcontracting, that addresses job security and things like that. Um, you know, the the honest truth is that it's not the strongest language out there. Um, you know, it, it it gives the company a lot of rights, but it's what we have, so we want to talk about it. Um, so some of the highlights of that letter, the company will prefer Sikorsky employees for production, inspection, and maintenance duties. That's really the strongest part of the language. It, it says that the company makes a real commitment under the the language of this letter to prefer us to perform the work in the company. Yeah. So so that's important, right? And we Super can important. we can hold them to that, right? It, they they have an obligation to prefer us. So um, unless there's extenuating circumstances, they need to give us the work that we're supposed to be doing. What else is in there? The company will notify the union of its intent to subcontract or transfer work out of the bargaining unit. So that's what we call the letter 20 meetings, right? We, yeah. we have quarterly meetings. The, 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 the letter actually, actually calls out that. Rocco and the head of HR will meet on a quarterly yep. basis to talk about subcontracting efforts. Um, and, and that's what that language means. The company has an obligation to notify the union of its intent to subcontract work before they do it so that we have a chance to maybe not argue it, but we have a chance to try to convince them why it's a better idea to keep the work in-house and have us do the work. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the common things you hear is, you know, there's plenty of work within the bargaining unit. This isn't going to affect you guys. Um, but still, it's important that we have members on the floor that are aware of, you know, oh, that's a subcontractor. That could be work that our people could do. Let me let the steward know. Let me let the business agent know. And that way we can make sure that these discussions are happening on a quarterly basis and that there isn't work that we could recapture for the, the hourly folks. Yeah, exactly. Really important to, to do that, for every one of our members to do that, to keep your eyes open and, and, and be alert for that stuff. Because quite frankly, the folks who are in those Letter 20 meetings talking about subcontracting, they're not out on the shop floor. The executive board members are not out on the shop floor. They don't see this stuff happening. They're relying on us in the shop to, to let them know when yeah. stuff like that is happening. Yeah, you don't want to assume that people know what's going on. Don't assume that your steward's aware of it. I mean, we need the eyes and ears on the shop floor, and that's a good um, thing to surprise the company with. When they can't seem to figure out how you know everything going on, it's because we have good, educated members that are keeping us informed, uh, yeah. and we need you to keep doing that. You know, we've had times where we see trucks rolling into the plant. We know that's a contractor and you have somebody call you up, it helps you do your job and it helps you, you know, communicate that within our end. And I think a uh, place we're having a big problem with this and that we want our members to know about is facilities maintenance. As you see more contractors coming in doing uh, work around the plant and stuff, we want to make sure that our facility maintenance people are getting that work and doing the, the maintenance work. Some no projects can't be done by our guys, but when it comes to like replacing doors, doing some plumbing, Stuff like that, stuff that we're doing, maintaining the plant, that should be our guys doing it. Yeah, no doubt. So um, electrician work, yep. carpentry work, plumbing work, um, th those types of things. Keep your eye out for that. If it's not one of our folks doing it, HVAC just let us know. work as well. Yep, absolutely. So let, let us know. So um, so the last thing I want to mention about this this letter is it does say that if subcontracting does happen, which which listen, it, it's a thing, right? Yeah. The company does have the right to to choose a, a contractor, a, a vendor to do work, right? They do have that right under this letter. 
Um, but there is language in here that says that when that does happen, if it affects the numbers, right? So if it affects our numbers, how many people are employed, um, under this letter, the company commits to also to move those people to other jobs within the company before they lay them off. So, so there's some protection there as well. So there's a, you know, there's language that says they need to prefer us to do the work. And then there's language that says if they don't use us to do the work and it affects our employability that they're going to move us around um, before they lay us off. So there are some protections in this letter. All right. So let's talk about what we came here to talk about, which is Buy American, right? Who yes. doesn't want to buy American? Vinny, I know that you're a big Buy American big guy, um, but you drive a Subaru. Tell me about that. Well, my Subaru was actually made in Indiana. So most of the car was made here in the United States. So I, I'm, I am proud of that. So I, I want to talk about that first, right? And, and I know, you know, we, we don't come to this podcast without notes in front of us. And I know I skipped uh, to the middle of our notes page, but <laughs> I, I want to talk about that first because it's kind of a big thing to me. I've had this argument with our principal officer, Rocco Kahlo, right? I have different opinions than other people. I know that sometimes my opinions are controversial as far as the Buy American thing goes, um, but but the basis of my opinion is a couple of things. First of all, I work hard for the money that I make and I want to make sure that I get value for my money. Absolutely. Right? I don't want to buy a, a, a product that has an American flag on it just because it has an American flag on exactly. it if it's not good quality. Yep. So I do expect good quality and most American products have good quality. Yes, right? they do. But what about those quote unquote foreign made products that are actually more American made than they are foreign made just because they have a foreign name on them like Toyota, yes. Honda, Subaru, just because they have those names on them doesn't mean they're primarily foreign made. So so that's what I want to talk about because there's a lot of examples of that. I drive a Subaru as well. Um, so I don't feel like I'm I'm shortchanging American workers. I don't either. So let's <laughs> let's look at some numbers. One thing that I looked up immediately was because I know American car makers, I know that they use a lot of foreign labor, a lot of foreign parts. I know yes, they, they do. do. So one stat that I found, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't expect to find this stat, but I did. Um, Ford. Ford's most American-made product is the F-150 pickup truck. It is 56% American-made. Damn, that's it. 56 percent American made. That's their best. That's the best they do. The Honda Accord is sixty five percent American made. That's wild. So so if if you want to support American workers, which vehicle are you buying? I mean, of course, there's a difference between an F one fifty and a Honda Accord. If yeah. you need a pickup truck, you're not buying a Honda yeah. Accord. I get it, right? But you know, if you if your purpose is to spend your money. In support of American jobs, which vehicle are you buying? Yeah. I'd be buying the Honda. Not my pickup. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what do you drive? I've got a, a GMC Sierra 1500. An American product. Unfortunately, that American product was HO in Mexico. <laughs> and 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 this is my point right by american it's not as easy as it may seem no right it's it's, it's not, not it's really just not. right it's not just the american label on there because a, 
a lot of products that have the American label are made overseas. And the other part is trying to find American products that you're supporting good American jobs. So you don't want to be just buy American, but it's at the expense of, yeah, we make it here, but we treat our workers terribly. Yeah, I agree. And that's a hard needle to thread. It is a hard needle to thread. Yeah, no doubt. Are we going to start talking about Starbucks again? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy my coffee at Starbucks, um, but that that's a different conversation. So let's let's just talk about the issue as a whole, right? Let's talk about some positives and negatives of of the the overall the overarching issue of Buy American. What are some of the what are some of the things? What are some of the reasons why people do this? Why do people buy American? I think it feels good to you know know that you're supporting your own country. Um, it does absolutely. People are proud to say, yeah, you know, I buy American made products. Um, and obviously it boosts our economy when you do that and you're supporting workers back home. Hopefully you're supporting local workers as well. Um, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, it, it, you know, there are people out there that argue against the, the economic, um, advantages of Buy American. There are actually people out there in, in my research for this episode, I ran into some articles where people say it's actually bad for the economy. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't buy either. the argument. Me neither. When I read the article, it just didn't ring true to me. But um, but there are people out there that say that. But listen, it does support the economy, right? You're supporting your local economy. You're supporting local jobs when you buy when you buy local made products. Yes. Um, I was just going to say with supply chain, we've seen over the pandemic. How much time and, and energy is spent and resources shipping things from, you know, China, from the Middle East, from, you know, everybody has seen that around the, those world. images right yeah. on, on television of the, the container ships I don't stuck know if, in the harbor. How about the container ship? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw about a week ago. There was one on fire loaded with vehicles. Oh. Uh, Porsche was had a bunch of their vehicles on it. Oh, and oh, that's Ouch. Already with the shortage of vehicles, yeah. they're they're now calling up customers saying, "We don't know if, if and when we're going to have a car for you." But you know that doesn't happen if your car comes from a plant in Ohio yeah. or yeah. Detroit. Vinny's a car guy. I can see the pain in his face when thinking about a, a, a container ship full of Porsches on fire. He's going to see the pain. It's like the beer drinker who sees somebody drop the case of beer on the on the ground. Yeah, he's headed down to the seawall. I mean, Porsche is one of the foreign cars I I, I do like. So. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of the Fiat commercial when they used to roll, you know, through the ocean. <laughs> um. So so yeah. Listen, it does. Um. Th- that's a great point. Uh, Jason, that that the supply chain issues are really a big part of this, right? We don't have to worry so much about those supply chain issues if we're buying American-made products. Instead of that product being put on a truck in another country and trucked to a port and then put on a ship and shipped to America and then put on another truck here in America, it just goes on a truck. Yeah. Right. And it, and it comes across the country or it goes wherever it goes. Right. Yeah. Um, so so it really does shorten those supply chains. And Hopefully on a that, Teamster truck. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Teamster, driven teamster truck. truck. Um, so but but, you know, when you start looking at some of the issues, some of the economic issues that this addresses, um, you, you can get pretty deep into the issue. Yeah, right. Definitely. Um, you know, when, when you create that or increase that demand for American products, you're, you know, you're putting pressure on those companies out there to keep their manufacturing efforts 
in this country. Exactly. If there's a demand for American-made products, and 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 that's the demand, right? It's not just a, a demand for that product, but the demand is for American products. Yes, exactly. Uh, you're going to pressure companies to to keep manufacturing in America. I like calling it voting with your dollars. Yeah. So it's really important to to make sure that that we express that desire to have American yes. made products and and we do that with our purchasing power. Yeah. Especially folks like us because quite frankly, we're union workers and yes. and 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 we have a lot of buying power. We yeah. make good money and we buy stuff. Yeah. Right? So let's make sure that we demand that that stuff is American and, made. And I think it's worth the extra uh, expense because it's usually of higher quality. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that American products overall are higher quality, right? Do you guys have any brands that you want to uh, shout out in terms of good quality American stuff? I know I just got a pair of sunglasses by this company out of Massachusetts called Randolph Engineering. Um, they make, I think for the uh, military, all the aviators and stuff like that. But you you see the quality. It's handmade in Massachusetts. So that's, it's that's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah, nice. I have a list here. I could just start rattling them off. So, and before you do, I will just say that anybody who knows me knows that I'm like obsessed with WeatherTech. Um, WeatherTech, I think, is one of the great American companies out there. When I talk about WeatherTech, I talk about a company that has a CEO that gets it, right? He actually was doing what every other company out there is doing. He was manufacturing stuff overseas, and he kind of had an epiphany and said, you know, part of what I should be doing is creating good American jobs. And he closed all of his overseas factories. He brought everything. He, he built brand new factories here in the United States. He does everything here in the United States. Everything he does is with American-made machinery, American-made equipment. Uh, um, awesome. and, and listen, WeatherTech uh, floor liners for your car are probably the most expensive floor mats you're going to buy for your car. But they're amazing quality. Um, they're just a great product, and you're supporting really good American jobs. These people make good money. They have good benefits. They actually have rules uh, um, within the company about how much the CEO can make in comparison that with the awesome. highest paid worker. So, um, it, you know, it's a really well-run company and, and has workers in mind. So go buy yourself some WeatherTech liners. Right. Make sure you use promo code STEVEFRENCH20. <laughs> exactly. I get, a, I get a kickback on that. Yeah. All right, Vinny, what do you got? So, you know, I did a little research, and I, I came up with some companies I like and some are I just found. So Chippewa makes – and now I'm going to caution everybody. Not everything these companies make are made here. Some of them are, but it's kind of hard to pick out which ones. But Chippewa makes uh, shoes here uh, out of Missouri. Red Wing shoes out of Minnesota. Danner out of Oregon. Some New Balance are made here in Maine. Thoroughgood, which are made in uh, Wisconsin, or actually some of them are union-made. So that's good to know. This company called Hempies out of California makes hemp clothing and goods, and some of those are union-made. What, um, what else do you do with hemp, Eddie? <laughs> I was going to say, you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> don't, um, don't do that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Uh, Johnson Woolen Mills out of Vermont. They've actually been in business since the 1840s. They make uh, you know wool clothing, wool goods. Uh, Darn Tough Socks out of Vermont, and I believe all their socks are made here. 
And That's not the company that makes Bernie Sanders mittens, is it? No. Okay, just checking. No, that was, that was Vinny. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks. He knitted those himself. <laughs> uh, I think those were actually made by a crafter in Vermont. But I'd have to check on that. All right. Uh, Crescent Downworks makes uh, down jackets in Washington, I believe. They're all American-made. This one I really like, and it, this is just one person that does it, but he does everything American-made. Mac Provisions, make, he makes um, wallets out of old uh, baseball gloves, and the gloves were made in the USA that he uses the leather from, so I think those are really cool. Filson Company out of Washington State has a lot of American-made products. Leatherman knives are made here in Oregon. Bench-made knives are made here in Oregon. Wiffle balls and bats are made here in Connecticut. Right in Shelton, right around the corner from the Shelton um, O&R plant, actually. Vitamix mixers, which I'm a big fan of, are made in Ohio. Most of their product is made here. I'm sure they have some foreign parts. And can I say something about that Vitamix? I I waited years to buy a Vitamix. I bought a Vitamix a couple of years ago, and, you know, I bit the bullet, and I spent a ton of money because they're super expensive, right? They're hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Um, It is one of the best purchases I've ever made. It's it's an absolutely amazing machine. It is. So it, if, I love them. Uh, again, um, promo code. <laughs> <laughs> S-French S 20. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it really is an amazing product. The quality is really clear. Uh, another Connecticut-made uh, and Teamsters, Pez Candy, uh, King Arthur Flower in Vermont. I made some GM cars. I did a little bit of research. They have plants in Texas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Michigan, Indiana, and Kansas. Ford Motors, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, Missouri, Kentucky. So you can do the research, right? And you can ask the dealer. If you're looking to buy an American car, right, an American label car, ask the question. Ask where it's built. Right, they know what plant these cars came from. Yeah. They all have a lot of them have a window sticker that tells you what percentage of parts came from U.S. made parts or foreign parts. So, yeah, so do the research right before you buy a car. Do the research. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know if you have more, Vinny, and and if you That's do, about it. okay. Unless I come up with something. Off the so top we're of gonna head. we're gonna continue to work on that list, and we're gonna put it up on the. 10 to 12 podcast page along with all those other documents that we have up there. So if you're looking for that list, just um, click on our page and find that document and download it. So, so that you can, you know, try to try to shop American. Maybe we go out and try and get some discounts for people at some of these companies. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. What about Carhartt? Are they, are they American? I think some of Carhartt makes here, but they're also made foreign too. You have to like, I think so too. You have to really look. Um, Gibson guitars are made here. Um, American Roots is another one. They're oh, a clothing yeah. company out of yeah. Maine. Yep. So it's a really good list, um, and and we should do everything we can to do this because you know the advantages are clear. We talked about some of them, but there's more. There's more to talk about as far as you know how buying American helps the country and helps helps not just with jobs, right? Jobs is where it starts. Uh, you know, creating good American jobs, awesome. You know that's what we're all about but if you want to look at the overall economy um it, it the the budget deficit right there we have such a trade deficit with other countries we we import so much more than we export it's ridiculous it and it's why we have such a huge deficit um you know and and 
if you want to start to get political, we can talk about the differences um, with China. You know, we don't want to be indebted to China. We just don't. No, we don't. Um, so, and right now we are. So, you know, buying American, again, it, it increases the demand for American-made products. It, it actually will will decrease the need for imports and increase our exporting you know, if we if if we're producing more here in the country, so you know it it works on big issues like that as well on the trade deficit. So, um, you know, there's so many reasons. It's also a good opportunity to unionize workforces. Oh, you know, without a doubt. It's funny because one of the polls that we read says that two thirds of Americans say they're willing to pay more for American goods. So it's really just about kind of planning and making the decision to buy something else. It's so easy to go on Amazon. And the first product you see when you search something is Amazon's choice, or and it's Amazon Basics product. I love to shit on Amazon, but yeah, it, it's, you know, you're funneling your money to them for some product that they ordered from Shenzhen, China. Yeah, and yeah, it's no going to break in six weeks, and you replace it again. But it, it's really interesting that that you brought that up. That two thirds of did you say two thirds? Yep, two two thirds of Americans say that they're willing to spend more money on American-made products, but they don't. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I'm I, I'm not sure how much I believe in that stat. Right. People say it, but they don't live it. Um, and, and I'm listen, I'm not excluding myself. Right. I shop on Amazon. I will not shop in Walmart. I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. But um, but I do. I shop on Amazon. Um, so, you know, I have to kind of look in the mirror and check myself. And, you know, if I'm going to do a podcast like this and encourage people to buy American, I have to make those efforts myself as well. I do not shop on Amazon, but I will say that if you look down in, in the on the page on certain products, they will tell you where they were made. And that's a way you could find American-made products. Yeah, Amazon actually does have, they, they give you the ability to search for American-made products. So do that. If you're going to shop on Amazon, search for USA Made because they have a whole section. I think two-thirds are willing to buy American in a hypothetical where they have the same access to the choice. Like, here's the two choices in front of me. Okay, I'll take the American. But they don't – the system isn't set up so that you seek out and find the American option. It's it's set up so that you find the one that Amazon gets a cut of. Yes. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's, you know, in in a perfect world, given – the two choices right in front of you. Yeah, I'll take the American-made product. Yep. So do your part and make a concerted effort to go out and find a you know a good American product. Yep. Some things that that when I was doing research for this episode, uh, some things that I discovered that I didn't even consider um, the the effect on the environment. Um, you know, if you're interested in making a, an impact on the environment, a, a positive impact on the environment, reducing your carbon footprint. It, it, buying American actually does this because American companies are under more environmental scrutiny than foreign companies are. So if you're supporting those those products and those companies, you're supporting better efforts to protect the environment. And yeah. I never thought of that. The same thing goes with labor laws. You know, other countries don't necessarily have the same protections for kids, yeah. for, you know, for regular workers. But I will say like Canadian made products and European made products I mean, they have pretty. Uh, they have similar uh, labor laws and union. They have even oh, yeah. more unions than we have here. Yeah. You know, I think that when when people when people buy American, I I think 
it, it's like Canada is the northernmost state in the United States. And yeah. we, we say that all the time, right? <laughs> I but think you just offended a lot of Canadians. I, I think I did too. <laughs> but, but, I, and I, but I mean that in, in a positive way. I mean that in the sense that, uh, you know, Canada does have all of those same regulations that we have. And, and we have such a good relationship with them, politically speaking, and trade, you know. So I think when you buy a, a Canadian product, you can feel good about it just like you can feel yeah. good about buying an American Absolutely. product. Absolutely. So, um, sorry, Canada. <laughs> so so what's what's bad about it, right? Because... You know, there there are uh, maybe not bad, but there are, you know, negative connotations. I think a lot of the raw materials that we use to make stuff here aren't made here. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. true. Um, and, and I don't know if that's fixable. Yeah. Right. I mean, even steel. Most of our steel comes from Canada. Right. We do. We do a lot of trading of steel with Canada. Um, but I think the thing that most people point to is the cost. Right. American made products are generally speaking more expensive. Yeah. Um, so if you know, if you're that Walmart shopper and you're looking for the bottom price, you're probably not going to find it at American flag on that product. Right. If if you're looking for for cost effectiveness. Um, so we're more expensive, but we yeah. have to be willing to spend that money to support our country I agree. Um, and to support our workers. Uh, the, the quality isn't always better. And I, I say that when I talk about American yeah. cars, I'm I'm really, um, you know, I'm down on the American auto industry. I, I think they're not doing they're not putting the money into research and development. They're not putting the money into um, making a product that that lasts a long time. You know, American cars are throwaways. I, I agree. And as someone who worked on cars like Japanese cars are you, you know, the engineering is usually better and they're more durable and you go uh, more miles on them and you always see the American cars breaking down. Yeah. So why would I pay more for an American car? Right. Why would I pay for a Cadillac when I know Cadillac isn't a great product? Yeah. You know, and but but it's super expensive and and, and th there there are limits to everything. Right. So. So what I mean by that is we're never going to get to a point where we make everything, right? You're you're going to have to supplement your buy American attitude with buying foreign products, right? Yeah, you're going to have to pick and choose. Certain things are there's certain things you cannot find made here anywhere like reusable water bottles. You cannot find a metal reusable water bottle made in the USA anywhere. Yep. Can you find a television made in the USA? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think you can. I don't think so either. I don't think you can. And that's what I was thinking when I was doing the research for this. Uh, I'm thinking if you're stuck on buy American only, right? If you're that person who says, I'm only going to buy American made products, you might never watch television again. Yeah. And you may very well walk around naked. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one company makes yeah. the majority of like LED screens. Uh, I think right? there's like yeah. four companies that do all of them. And yeah. it's not here. Yeah. No. So uh, cell phones, uh, there's, I don't, th I don't know if there's any made here. There might be like no, one. Yeah. And what is it? That's not a good one. No. Yeah. Talk about it, sketchy supply chain issues. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a flip phone. Yeah. So, um, I know a guy who's probably got one, <laughs> but so, so yeah, you have to, you have to find a, find a balance, right? Um, you know, support all you can, but don't, you know, don't necessarily be stuck on, 
hey, I can't find a pair of American-made underwear, so I'm not going to wear underwear anymore. Please wear underwear. But I think you can find American-made underwear. I I think you can, too. Um, But but you you know my point, right? My point is, you know, I know myself – I'm not willing to give up television. I love television. I'm not giving it up. So, you know, I'm not going to go that far where I say, well, I can't find an American-made television, so I'm not going to watch television anymore. I'm watching television, right? And I'm not giving up my cell phone either. So, um, you know, again, find that balance. Buy American when you can. Put the pressure on those companies, and and let's see what happens, right? So what do we got next? We're going to talk upcoming events. Yeah, let's talk about upcoming events. What do we got coming up? Anything? Well, we've got our contract survey going around now. Um, if you go on the app, there's a button right in the main page. You could click on that. It's also, you could find a link on social media, on our website. Um, it's going to be open. You can retake it as many times as you want. And, you know, your feedback is important to us. We want to be able to negotiate what is important to the members. So make sure that you make your voice heard. I know it's been really yes. popular so far. Um, That's great. Here we are in the beginning of March right now. Um, and, and I know that, that we've gotten a lot of hits on that survey, so keep them coming. Yeah, and do us a favor. If you've got a coworker that's struggling, it is a very simple system to use, so try to help each other out. All you do is enter your E number without the E, so just the numbers, and it logs you right in, saves your progress. Um, when you do that, we're going to be able to tabulate your answers and have you know digital results that scan through, look for common themes in your text answers. So allowing us to do it all online is going to make a big difference in our ability to analyze what you guys are trying to get across to us. The March membership meeting, when is that? That's on the 16th of March. Okay. We're going to have a food truck down here, free food for all the members. Sounds good. Come down, you could buy t-shirts. We have t-shirts for sale, um, sweatshirts as well. So come and get some free food, always good food. Um, yes. We've had, uh, we've had you know, like burgers and steak sandwiches, and then we had um, a, a grilled cheese truck, and then we yeah. had a taco truck, all amazing stuff, really, really good stuff. Um, it seems every month we've got new members coming down, getting sworn in. So a lot of you probably don't know, but you can take what's called the oath of obligation to the union. You kind of hear what the union's about. Um, you get sworn in, and it's also important leading up to contract time Rocco's always willing to take questions. The agents give reports on their areas. So it helps you stay in touch with what's going on in the company. It gives you an idea of what's coming up for the contract. So be an informed member. Definitely come down. And it dispels rumors, too. I say this to people all yes. the time, especially new members. Sikorsky Aircraft is such a sophisticated rumor mill. Um, almost everything you hear on the shop floor has some level of untruth to it. Yeah. So so come to the membership meetings and hear hear the truth. You know, dispel those rumors for yourself and for others, uh, because there's lots of them out there, especially as we get into contract talks. People love to say, hey, um, this is what we're going to get in the contract when they don't know. A lot of unions, they do one membership meeting on a Sunday, and it's usually a Sunday morning. And everybody, if you want to go, you get up. Our union does two different meetings at one o'clock and four o'clock on the third Wednesday of every month. Um, So we try to make it accessible for everybody to get there. And if you can't make it in person, you can still, we put the Zoom links online. Yep. You can register for the Zoom link and yeah. watch it. The union's making such an effort to to make sure that people, you know, that the meetings are convenient for people, right? Um, you know, like Jason said, most unions have them on Sundays. And, yep. and if you want to go to a meeting, you're going, you're taking part of your Sunday. We don't want to do that to people. 
We want to make it more convenient for people. Um, and, and it's an effort. Believe me, it's an effort to do two meetings a month rather than just one meeting a month is definitely an effort for a group of people that are really busy. So, um, you know, take advantage of that and, and come down to a meeting, hear, hear what's going on, have some good free food, and, um, and, and let's make it as, as big an event as possible. And one more thing, you know, if you're somebody that's already coming to the meetings, I, I try to grab somebody every month and say, hey, come down to the meeting, especially new hires. You try to get people in the habit. You either make the time to go or, or you don't. Exactly. Um, but I've grabbed a few new hires, and just the other day they came down to my desk with about six other new hires. Oh, yeah, we're all coming down to the meeting. So if everybody could just bring a couple friends, that's how I got brought down to my first union meeting. A guy came up, said, hey, come on down to the meeting. And then he just broke my balls relentlessly for the <laughs> next couple months. Are you going to come? Are you going to show? You know, and I finally showed up and felt guilty. Is that not. what you do now? So a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's but, okay. You know, and one guy, um, you know, I won't use his name, but he, I gave him shit for a couple months and now he's coming. He's like, you know what? I'm glad I started coming. And that's the guy who brought about another five people to come to the next one. So. Yeah. Bring a friend. So come to the meeting, bring a friend, introduce them to the agents and, and, and all that. And, um, and that's a great way to increase activity, to increase involvement in the union. Um, because an involved member is a good member, right? Exactly. Um, and, and that makes for a great union, just makes us stronger. Um, so Vinny, don't talk to me about Starbucks, <laughs> right? I know Starbucks yeah. is still, they're still struggling. They're the doing some one. great things. Uh, listen, the, that, that, that fledgling union is doing some great things. Yeah, they are. Um, and, um, you know, I'm reading about it every day, but, um, but what else? got to say. They've gone to 100 stores over 26 yeah. states in the past week. That's, that's awesome. I think it's a model for other companies. To, it really is. Workers to unionize. And it's such a grassroots effort, too. It's it, not, it is. You know, unlike a lot of uh, organizing campaigns out there, this is run by the workers themselves. The, this union was created by the workers yep. themselves. It's not a big union. Um, coming in and trying to organize a workplace. It's the workers organizing from within. So it, it's different. It feels different than yeah. other than other efforts um, because I think it's really personal for these folks. And I think that's why it's winning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do too. So what else is going on? So in, we um, have some uh, so going a little different direction. We have some union business, uh, union business, union busting at Activision Blizzard, which is a video game company that, made a lot of games that people know i can't think of any off the top of my head right isn't that now. the company that somebody just bought them right i think activision bought blizzard i think blizzard made the game diablo just okay a fun game i used to play a lot i thought okay go ahead so what's going on is the quality assurance workers are trying to unionize and the company is refusing to just volunteer voluntarily recognize the union and they're argue, arguing in front of the uh, NLRB that I, I believe the union name is a uh, game workers Alliance and they're working with the uh, communication workers of America uh, the alliance is uh, is trying to get a, a set a date for the the union vote and the company is trying to reorganize the would-be bargaining unit and the the uh, union workers are arguing that this is just a way to split the union up and bust the, a possible union. So what they did is they split the basically the, the unit into uh, different teams like art, design, engineering, and audio. 
where these people were, I believe, all together, and they're trying to say, oh, well, it's just a business need, but it's... And this is sort of a new effort, right? Yes, this is a pretty new effort. Yeah, um, so so while you were talking, I was on my phone, and, and I was right. Microsoft just made a bid to buy oh, okay. Activision Blizzard um, for the low, low price of... $68.7 billion. Jeez. So just, just to give people perspective, I actually think we mentioned this in another in another podcast. I think we did. Um, just to give some perspective, uh, Lockheed Martin bought Sikorsky Aircraft for $7.5 billion. Yeah, that's crazy. So this, this gaming company is being bought by Microsoft for, for almost $70 billion, almost 10 times what, what we were bought for, right? So um, you have to think that this is coming from Microsoft. Yeah. Well, that's true. Right? That's my guess anyway. Yeah, my I mean another another big company with deep pockets yep. and they're just going to try to steamroll a, a union drive. Yep. What else? Uh workers at John John Donair plant in Santa Fe, California. I believe the company's rich corporation. They make um ice cream cakes for Baskin Robbins, Walmart, Coldstone. Coldstone. They just they just ratified a contract and they were on strike for four months since uh, November of 2021. They rejected the first offer. I believe the company gave their last best offer in December and they also rejected that. But uh, they held strong and they were able to get a a pretty good contract with with raises and change in working conditions. The workers had a lot of support from the community uh, surrounding the plant, and uh, many of the worker, most of the workers at the plant are are Latinas, and they really fought for this, for a good contract for everybody in that plant. Awesome. And that I think that's all I have for right now. Well, I will say that the, the workers thought the first, the first, the company's first offer was disrespectful and insulting, and they didn't, you know, it was wholly inadequate and that's i think that's what really triggered the strike shocking <laughs> i know right that never happens all right so um as with every episode we'll end with a with a labor quote um this is from one of my favorite people in labor history uh you know i've i've done some reading over my life about people in labor history and and again this is one of my favorite people so we actually have three quotes today from the same person um so we'll open it with i would fight god almighty himself if he didn't play square with me um that's that's from mother jones her name was mary harris jones um she's she's one of the most famous labor leaders in the history of the labor movement in fact there's a there's a great magazine that's named after her if you ever want to if you ever want to read some great labor writing some good investigative reporting uh, on the labor front uh, check out Mother Jones magazine. It's really awesome. But Mary Harris Jones, um, she was an Irish-born school teacher who um, she became a prominent union organizer and and just a fierce fighter for working people back in the 1800s. Um, she actually lost her entire family, her husband and her four children, to yellow fever. Oh. Um, and, and after that, she dedicated her entire life to ending worker oppression, um, child labor, 
um, especially within the mining industry. She was big in the mining industry. Um, uh, she was once denounced in the United States Senate as, quote, the grandmother of all agitators. Uh. Um, and, and she took that as a compliment, actually. And um, the second quote from her was her response to that allegation. Um, uh, she responded, I hope to live long enough to become the great grandmother of all agitators. Um, so she was a pretty awesome lady. Um, her most famous quote, um, it was nearly 150 years ago that she said this, and it, it this is a mantra around the labor movement. It's inscribed on labor memorials. It's, it's on plaques at union halls all across the country. Um, and that's simply, she said, pray for the dead and fight like hell for the living. That was that was her motto throughout her life. Um, so that's what we end on. Um, you know, we need fighters still today. We do. Um, like Mother Jones. She was she was someone who changed the face of labor and and we still need that fighting spirit today. So um, so that's what we have today. As always, we thank everybody for listening. We thank everybody for tuning in, for downloading, for following. If you're not following, go on Podbean and follow us on Podbean. Um, Or you can get us on on most of the major podcast outlets out there. But check us out. Get on the website. Download. Listen. um, Send us all of your comments to comms at teamsters1150.org that's c-o-m-m-s at teamsters1150.org just shoot us an email tell us what you like tell us what you hate tell us what you want to hear but tell us something okay um but thanks for listening we appreciate it and until next time i'm Stephen french i'm Vinny Kaitsi. and i'm jason shoemaker we'll see you again <laughs>